been a long day. Grab a beer and sit back. It's time for Brew Talk. Here's Scott Chad and the Brew Doctor himself, Dr. Michael Mosier. Happy Brews Day, everybody. It's time for another edition of Brew Talk here on 1031 and 1310 KFKA. We're live from the Ella Fiber Studios in lovely Midtown Greeley, Colorado. How are we, gentlemen? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it is the beginning of a long week. So, or, or end, end of a of long, long week. week? Or Depending beginning. on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, it's great because it's time to relax, sit back, and have a have beer. Have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And we do like our beer here. This is a nice one we're drinking. Doc brought something different yeah. for the table beer this time. Yeah, for table beer, I uh, happened to be driving through Nebraska and stopped at Thunderhead Brewing Company in Kearney, Nebraska. All their beer is brewed down in Axtell, which is about 15 miles away. And then they haul it up to Kearney uh, for their uh, for their tap room up there. And so I brought four different ones. Uh, their dark wheat, a honey wheat, a... Uh, um, oh, I guess it's just like their lager, their premium ale. And uh, and then I, I brought uh, their Mid American IPA, so we could give them a try. Yeah, um, a little bit of everything there. Yeah, a little bit try. of everything. I don't know if we're going to get through them all, but you never know. Hey, well, you know. I think we should try. We got an hour. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted, Doc. <laughs> so, well, I, I want to jump right into something that I saw this week. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm I'm going to drink beer while you're talking about this. Okay. I don't know if I want to drink beer while he's talking about this. Well, this, this beer's dark enough. I don't oh, okay. feel like it would be impacted. The, I just, the other ones you got, I'm a little worried about. I don't see. I can't hold. I can't hold back anymore. <laughs> so we've all seen the jokes in the comics about how light beer's made, and there's a guy yeah. standing in a urinal, mm-hmm. and it goes into the beer tank. Now it turns out <laughs> that at the um, Sing Tao? Sing Tao Brewery mm-hmm. in China. Thanks, Doc. I was trying to quickly look, <laughs> remind myself what the name of the, the brewery was. Um, there's a uh, video has gone viral of a worker that had climbed to the top of a, a brewing vessel and uh, was urinating into said brewing vessel. Um, Sing Tao has ne- since launched an investigation on to find the culprit culprit yeah. and whoever filmed the video now they're they're saying that they don't believe that either of them actually work at the brewery mm. um but you know an investigation is ongoing oh i hadn't heard that part so not only do we have some guy peeing in a large vat of beer but we have at least two people that don't even work there that somehow were able to and gain enough access to do this and film it right and I, I this is like in the top Two biggest breweries in China. Right, and it's it's a great beer. Uh, maybe I know why now. <laughs> we know what the secret ingredient is. Maybe that's why they're denying their employees, because now the secret's out. Yeah. All, all I can think of is the movie Strange Brew. Strange Brew, yep. <laughs> Did it just get warmer in here? I don't notice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. Um, well, I can tell you that in a big vat of beer that much uh, 
somebody's bladder's worth of urine is not going to have much of an impact. It's going to be very, very tiny. Um, and uh, depending upon when it was put in there, it's probably pretty benign in the grand scheme of things. However, not something that you would want to promote that you're doing. Not, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, I haven't seen the actual video because it was only on the Chinese social media, and I'm sure it was taken down very quickly. But it, it had, I'm trying to find it, millions of, multi-millions of views. Wow. Yeah. Um, but there is a screen grab of it. And uh, I found this on, on BBC when I was just kind of thumbing through my Instagram the other day. But there is a screenshot of the guy, and he's got a hard hat on, and he's standing atop this big tank. And it is a giant tank. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there and he goes. blue jumpsuit. Yep. <laughs> I'll be darned. Yep. <laughs> okay, how did he even climb up there? Was there a ladder next to it or something? It, or? it, it doesn't appear that where he's standing there's a ladder. Huh. But surely there's got to be a ladder somewhere. I'm, I'm sure there is a ladder, and don't call me Shirley. So, <laughs> <laughs> lots of comments on the thing on the uh, the post. Um, you know, one one person says, "Good thing I don't drink beer," but it's. <laughs> but I think this brand is probably finished because of this. Well, I mean, that could be the whole crux of the matter is that somebody even maybe photoshopped or or put it together or something yeah. just as you know like industrial espionage yeah. against a competitor this is true this is true so it is because i just don't see how you could gain access to the product yeah like that how do you and, get into a, a you know secure facility and mm-hmm. how and is there a, actually an opening at the top most of those vessels are not accessed. There's right. no access yeah, it's point actually, on the top. It is, it's an open... There's the screen grab. I don't know if you can see uh, that. Let me see the screen grab here. But it is a big open vessel. Oh. Okay, that's the mash tun. Okay. So now that we know it's the mash tun... <laughs> or it could be the germination vessel. One um, of the two. Okay, so either so, one of those. You said earlier that that amount... Of, has negligible effects whatsoever. Yeah, right. I was sitting there thinking of like astronauts and, that, and you're thinking like uh, human pathogens being in, yeah. in uh, but those pathogens are not viable in um, in beer. There's enough right. alcohol and acidity and no oxygen in beer that uh, all those pathogens are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're it's kind of sterilizing itself as it's made. Well, and brewing temperatures would... And the brewing temperatures, too, would kill off any bacteria or anything yeah. that's growing. So, um, But still, not anything that I would uh, want to be accused of doing. You're not recommending homebrewers no. go out there and please, pee in their own please beer don't. and then brew please it and, and taste to see if it has any impact. Um <laughs> I don't think you'd notice it, to be honest with you, but uh, please don't try it. <laughs> I don't Not know. A, All those survival shows say urine is is, is sterile. sterile. Yeah. Yep. And you can drink it if you need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I, I think I'd like to go back to, we were talking about movies earlier and you said Strange Brew. I'm just thinking I would rather put it to much better use, like, you know, helping refill a radiator like in Red Dawn. Yeah. Let's oh, just there you that. go. Yeah. I think that's a much better use. Or Strange Brew. He actually does put out the fire in the brewery. Yes. He drinks the whole tank. <laughs> he drinks the whole tank. Yeah, beer. I mean, I think, you know, there's, I'm not sure there's a lot of validity 
<laughs> but, you know, we know he could get a job at the fire department after that. That was very obvious. <laughs> I can't believe he drank the whole thing. It's, uh, I mean, but, you know, if you really have to go, I mean, I'm sure you could have found someplace else to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rather than to climb down into that vessel and then relieve yourself there. As if nobody's watching. Well, and I've heard stories of warehouses that have, you know, five-gallon buckets where people, yeah. you know, they don't have to, they don't have time or they won't, the employer won't let them go to the yeah. bathroom. So they just have five-gallon buckets they urinate in. Right. And then you take care of it at, at your break, right? You Maybe know? this guy was tired of peeing in the, the bucket. <laughs> peeing in the bucket. tired of that? <laughs> but he wasn't an employee there, saying. So then <laughs> I, and I go back. I know. don't know. He's wearing a uniform <laughs> and everything. Yeah. That'd be hard to believe that he's not an employee I there. Know. So not only would he have to break in, yep. he and whoever filmed it, right? But they'd have to somehow obtain the uniform and a hard hat, and and then climb to a place with nobody watching, with nobody watching, and climb into a place which you shouldn't be in in the first place. Even as a brewery worker, you wouldn't you would know not to go down there. So, um, yeah. So somebody, surely someplace, would have noticed. These people are out of place. Yeah. Let's go get them. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, well. I don't know. Maybe that's how light beer really is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As as far as uh, that particular brand goes, I actually do enjoy it. So um, Singtel, I think, is a fairly decent beer. Yeah. And I th- I, in the article states it was it's one of the top exports. They're mm-hmm. one of the largest in China. Yeah. Maybe he was just affecting a particular export location. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Lots uh, of or it's industrial espionage I, or something. I kinda like where you're going with that, Doc. I feel like that's probably got a better Yeah, Chang yeah. the beer just got a little upset with Sing Tao doing something and next thing you know. They uh We'll show them. <laughs> we'll show them. <laughs> now they have to clean everything. Yeah. And get rid of all those, you know, all that product and right. Somebody else wins. So, yeah, wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened. No. And it does say that shares in Singtao Brewery fell sharply mm-hmm. um, on the Shanghai Stock Exchange opened on Monday. So Wow. But we're trading flat by the afternoon. Yeah. So, so by then, everybody realized something's not right here. Right. And uh, so now it's a, a bargain. So now you said, yeah, I was going to say, if it's flat, you know, and, that, and but you go back to an industrial espionage, that could literally be something to try and manipulate the market into getting that stock at a lower price that right. you could then buy it at a lower price. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. Lots of, wow, lots of uh, things I wasn't even thinking about here. <laughs> <laughs> All because of beer. Um, just of FYI, beer. my building is locked. You have no access to any of my beer in a vat. <laughs> <laughs> so all your vats are closed. all my vats are sealed all the way around. <laughs> You're not going to do that there. No, no. <laughs> please don't even try. <laughs> please, please don't try. Uh. Anyway, oh dear. I don't know. Interesting article. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely an interesting article. Definitely worth a just some jocularity on a on a Tuesday. <laughs> that's for sure. Indeed, indeed. Now, the brewery assures everyone that that batch of malt was discarded and thrown away. So, fear not. There's no actual urine in the beer that's going to be Mm, That we know of. 
Again, according <laughs> this is to the, the one that was filmed, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but once it leaves that particular location, the beer from that point on is completely sealed. You yeah. can't get right. access to it. You can't even touch it with your finger. Sure. So um, there isn't, you know, once it leaves there, you wouldn't have the ability to contaminate it mm-hmm. very easily. And it would have to be an inside job if you yeah. did get it done yeah, then. Exactly. So. All right. Well, there's that story. <laughs> the number one story of the day. Hey, the leading hey. story on Brew Talk this Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll try another Cardi uh, beer and uh, we'll talk more about other kinds of beer. Stick around. Welcome back to Brew Talk here on 1031 and 1310 KFKA. We're in the Aloe Fiber Studios in lovely Midtown Greeley, Colorado. We talk beer, we drink beer, and we're done with beer. Right? You know? And no more sing out. No. no more sing out. <laughs> I know, and, and no more. What are we going to try next? Cornstalker, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like, so oh. The, this Cornstalker <laughs> was this dark wheat that we had from uh, uh, Thunderhead Brewing. How about we go with their Mid-American IPA? That sounds right on my app. They call it the Crop Duster. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. All of their names are named after things that you'd find in Nebraska. I was picking that up. And they definitely have a really nice label that kind of represents the Corn Husker, um, you know, logo for the football team. I'm not real fond of the artwork on the the cans but yeah it's uh they're all people and uh, i think and for knowledge right behind them yep <laughs> big end for knowledge right behind them and uh they're all um what do i want to say the, these this label has been this way since they opened so we're talking about 15 years 20 years now so it actually is pretty nice artwork i'm just it's college football season, and I'm a Colorado fan, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm going to not like the big N for knowledge behind <laughs> for the next few months. Well, the N here is supposed to stand for Nebraska, right? Yes. Oh. Not for knowledge or anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a, so, see you Nebraska joke right there. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you this. If you are driving on I-80 and you get to the Kearney area and you're just looking for a place to stop and have lunch... The Thunderhead Brewing Company really does have good beer, yeah. and uh, they used to make really great sandwiches. I'm assuming they still do so. So when I went in there, is to it buy a full the beer. restaurant, or do they just do sandwiches? Um, it's sort of like a um, a kitchen. Okay. So they have like uh, a pizza oven, a panini press, that okay, kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, they make all their their pizzas and breads and calzones there. So um, I'm assuming, like I said, that they still do it. Sure. And uh, now they're um, two blocks away from another brewery, um, which I should mention, too, in town, uh, Platte Valley Brewing Company, which also makes its own beer there. So it's the only two breweries that I – oh, no, there's another brewery way up north uh, in Kearney called The Upper Room. And it's a, a Christian-based um, brewing house, and they brew their own beer. And it's kind of an interesting place to go to as well. Yeah. So Kearney wouldn't think of it as being a big brewing place. Um, kind of does have How a little bit of everything. Is 
I want to say it's about forty five, fifty thousand. I could it's be wrong. Huge. It could be yeah. a little bit bigger than that. But so, to, but to have three breweries mm-hmm. in a town of that size, is yeah, three craft yeah. breweries yeah. in a town that size, it's pretty big. Um, let's uh, let's see. Cabela's is is the big thing there. That was their where their headquarters started. Um, Eaton, the company makes valves. Um, there's a, a couple other companies there. One makes uh, um, oil filters and air filters. And then, of course, the hospital is the regional hospital there. So those are the major employers, them and the University of Nebraska at Kearney. Yeah. Lots going on. Lots yeah. Lots going on. So now you know all about Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> the building scene in Kearney. That's an oversimplification, but, you know, probably closer to accurate than it would be in a lot of areas. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're driving uh, across I-80 and it's March-ish, yeah, um, that's where all the sandhill cranes land, mm-hmm. and they overnight for a couple of weeks eat all the worms, and then they go on up north to wherever they go in the in the summer. But that's their migration route. So there'll be a couple hundred thousand of them of these big sandhill cranes just sitting in a field eating the worms. Well, and they've also got. I don't remember what it is a museum of, but they got that giant museum that actually oh, is yeah. a bridge over the over I eighty. That's uh, a museum about the um, the in what I want to say the Great American Western Road. Oh, okay. So like it shows the Mormon Trail, the Oregon Trail, and then the construction of highways and byways and cars and stuff like that. So it's kind of a interesting museum to go into. Nice. Yeah, um, not the easiest thing to get to off no. the interstate, but it's worth the trip. Yeah, I have driven under it many, many a times, never mm-hmm. stopped and gone into it. So, Yeah, and if you happen to be up there in one of the – there's two windows in it, and the two windows both have radar guns that let you point out to the, <laughs> to the, cars. <laughs> to the cars driving by and see how fast they're going. <laughs> That's kind of fun. I could see that. Oh, here comes one. <laughs> so you grab a six-pack from – Thunderhead Brewing, mm-hmm. go sit in the museum in the window with the radar gun. Well, I don't think they let you bring it into the museum, but yeah. Mm, <laughs> you we have ways of making, not that I condone. No, 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 yeah. Sneaking alcoholic beverages in, in well, it, it's, it's close to some place that many people might know of. That's Pioneer Village, uh, which is down in Minden, which is about uh, 14 miles south of, of Kearney. That uh, Pioneer Village is a a huge museum put together by Harold Warp, who was the inventor of plexiglass. And so he has all of the automobiles and transportation cars from day one. Mm-hmm. So starting with covered wagons to horseless carriages to the first Buick ever made. Wow. The first, you know, Ford, etc. Mm-hmm. All of these all the way up to about the mid-60s uh, or so of cars, and it takes forever just to go look at the cars, let alone all the rest of the collections that he has there. So I had no idea covered wagons had plexiglass in them. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. You, you learn something new. Well, you time. know, that was in like the second, you know, when they crossed... You know, the planes in the second time around, and they learned that they were uh, pretty they, much... You, you and know. then they were constantly scraping bugs off the windshield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. you know, it, it was better It was better than the actual cloth that they covered the wagons with <laughs> yeah. and keeping arrows out. You know, it was yeah, the Native yeah, Americans yeah. were attacking them. So, yeah, it was multiple uses. I think it's actually kind of cool. I went in there. Um, <laughs> I've been into that museum a couple times and saw um, an REO speed wagon. They, yep. have a, they have a couple of those. Um 
So a, a couple of different things like the you know 1906 Buick, um, a couple other fun stuff to see, and definitely worth the trip. So that's what most people mightn't have drawn a connection to Carney to. Sure. So I love the fact that you made reference to the actual REO Speedwagon, the vehicle. Yes. Because most people who hear that just think it's a band name and thought they just made it up. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no they didn't. It's an actual they, it's it's an They got actual it from vehicle. the name of the <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, which is kind of a nice little plug for them because they're yeah. coming to the event center uh, oh, that's um, right. here at the end of the next, the end of this month and the next month. It's coming I, up here pretty soon. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Yeah, I so forgot get about your that. tickets yeah, now. That'd be fun. Go join Kevin Cronin as he's singing away. Nice. Bring back elementary school uh, memories. Mm-hmm. Just riding the storm out. There you go. <laughs> riding the storm out. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. There's lots of things going on. I know this weekend, the Colorado Grit are back in town. Oh, yeah. going to be playing. Hockey and, team. And yours truly might be doing some public address announcing on Saturday. So Very cool. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully I don't get booed out of the stadium. <laughs> as long as there's hockey, I think you'll be okay. All right. We'll, they we'll do my best. There. They do. Ah, are they? Uh, that's what I've been told. I know that there were working on a liquor license through the city, and there were some um, some steps that still needed to go through before they finalized that. Oh, I know that they I, did not have it for opening weekend. I was misinformed, perhaps. Well, I don't know. I know that there's they do uh, like a VIP Oh, like okay. sweet area there that they're able to do that in. But as far as general beer sales um, for the opening weekend, and I think the second weekend, I'm almost positive they weren't able to sell okay. beer. But that may have all been worked out. Um, I just know early on they didn't have that quite yet. It was still in process. Well, they got a pretty uh, impressive schedule here, moving or you know hosting teams from all over, especially yeah. you know Corpus Christi, Texas, and mm-hmm. places like that. And so it'd be kind of fun to go and yeah. And uh, cheer them on and watch. It's a really fun, intimate hockey experience. I mean, you it's general admission, so if you get there early, you can get right up against the glass if you want. And even the seats at the very top row are not bad at all. They're, mm-hmm. You're still considered lower, lower bowl if you were like at the Pepsi Center well, or Ball Arena, whatever it's called now. But yeah, they're... I mean, it only holds like seven or 800 people, so right. it's a fairly small facility, but it's a lot of fun. It's a fast game, and these are some really talented 16 through 20-year-old, you know, D1 prospects, you know, pro prospects that are potentially going to make a name for themselves either in college or potentially even in the NHL, so. That's cool. Well, that's kind of the purpose of this league, that yeah. in, isn't it? To mm-hmm. kind of help them develop and and move on to the next level. Right. And one of the interesting things, you get a lot of these kids, especially the 18-year-olds that are out of college or out of high school, they don't immediately go to college. They go and play in this league for a few years. And they develop and they continue to train. And that's why... You know, people are always scratching their heads. It's like you see these, you know, DU hockey teams that have these players, and you got a, a kid who's a 21 year old freshman, and you're going, What in the world happened? Yeah. Well, he spent two or three years in right. like the NAHL or doing something else to hone his skills before he actually went to play with a D1 school. And that's so. that's kind of like the age range of this major junior league is 16, yeah, 16 to 20. To 20. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I used to watch the Spokane Chiefs play, and they were oh, in nice. the same, <laughs> same thing. And, uh, you know, that. It was really fun to go and watch them, and, yeah. and it was really even more fun to all of a sudden recognize the name. The name somebody in, in, that they called is now playing yeah. on a major, you know, uh, NHL yeah. team. So now, that was kind of cool. And is that the same team that was in Slapshot? 
The Ch- no, Charleston no, Chiefs? No, that was the, that was the Charleston, Charleston Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay, I couldn't remember. Team. No Hansen Brothers. <laughs> no Hansen Brothers. <laughs> so, no, the Spokane Chiefs were a major junior team. They played gotcha. a lot of Canadian teams from, like, Kamloops and Regina and places like that. Gotcha. So it was kind of fun to go up there and watch them. Mick Vakoda, if you remember him, he was kind of a goon. Okay. Um, played for them, and then I think he went off someplace to one of the Eastern NHL teams here in the States. Huh. So, yeah, interesting. And, of course, beer. And beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most beer. Most beer and you, hockey. Going beer and hockey. Yeah. They do. Yeah. You know, just like baseball and hot dogs go yeah. hand in hand, beer and hockey go together. Yeah. Beer also goes with baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it so, does. It does. We've got game seven of the, what is it, the NLCS tonight to determine who goes to play the Rangers in the World mm-hmm. Series, which I'm super glad the Astros aren't going, but that's for another show, maybe. And it's also <laughs> the season opener for the oh, yeah, champion that. Nuggets tonight. Oh, the that's Nuggets right. Are playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw that last night that they're playing tonight. I didn't even know. Lots of great sports to drink beer to while you're watching tonight. Yeah, I saw the... Uh, the city and county of Denver actually renamed one of the streets right by the ball arena as Championship Row or Championship Way because between the Mammoth and the Nuggets and the Avalanche, they've all won a, a national championship That's in the cool. last two years. So it's kind of cool. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if they could all win one the same year, that would be really be cool. Fun. That would be really fun. Yeah. Be quite a party. <laughs> Avs look pretty good this year. We'll see what the Nuggets look like. Yep. Hopefully they do. Hopefully well. I get to watch every one of the games. So and we'll the Broncos see. can turn it around. <laughs> yeah. Do you really feel like they could? <laughs> Absolutely. Anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Any given Sunday. That's right. And, and Thursdays and Mondays. Yeah, Mondays, and Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and depending on uh, whether you're playing on Christmas, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. We'll get back to talking beer, um, and we're going to review one from Bootstrap Brewing. So stick around. Welcome back to Brew Talk on 1031 and 1310 KFKA. It's time to review a beer. It is. And mm, I like that. I like it, too. I brought this one in. This is from Bootstrap Brewing. This is their Wreak Havoc Imperial Red, um, ringing in at 8.5% ABV. Um, this was a gold medal winner at the GABF. Um, so we're, we're tasting what GABF thought was a good beer. Um, we'll see if we agree. So... Question for, and maybe this is more for Doc, but what makes a red ale an imperial red ale? Um, so imperial typically means higher alcohol. Okay. Um, but everybody might have the connotation that imperial means double the alcohol. That's not always the case. Um, like robust means slightly more. Imperial means a little bit more than that. <laughs> so... Um, you know, if if the normal beer would be 6%, having something mm-hmm. that's 8% would be called imperial. Gotcha. Uh, it doesn't have to be 12%. Right. Okay. So that's all the imperial means, is that it's mm-hmm. slightly more alcoholic. 
Which well, means that you have to also adjust the other things, otherwise it doesn't. It's it's not balanced. And it's not often you see an imperial red. It's, no, it's not. Um, normally, it's like a porter or a stout. Correct. Or, Something a little darker, richer yeah. can handle the extra alcohol a little easier. Um, like a something that you might see is a double IPA. Uh, and think, oh, it's double. It's double everything. It's not double everything. It's just, you know, slightly more alcohol and uh, a lot more hops to balance mm-hmm. it. So a double IPA doesn't have to. If the single IPA was six percent, the double IPA is not twelve. Right. So, um, and that one, you're using the hops to kind of balance the the uh, alcohol uh, on a red. You're probably trying to use the malt to, to kind of balance the alcohol. But don't forget, these are American styles, and American True. styles, you can take one thing and throw it out of whack. Seems to be my experience, <laughs> is that, you know, you might be expecting it to be, you know, smooth and malty and a little bit higher alcohol and have the hops be right in there, too. But in American style, you can pick one of those three things, malt, alcohol, or hops, and throw it out of whack, hmm. typically by really putting it high. Sure. So, uh, and my first sip on this one, in fact, the nose is what gives it away what they kind of went a little out of whack on. But that's not a bad thing. That's that's the American style on it. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I get a, a huge hop nose. And uh, when I get the flavor, do a nice taste on it, I, I get that as well. The hops really pop through here, flavor yeah. hops. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I'm just reading the description here. There are seven um, hop additions throughout the process mm-hmm. of making this beer. Wow. So... It's almost like what you might expect for an IPA. Uh, yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost. But it's missing the bitter finish that mm-hmm. you'd expect from an IPA of this strength. So and you are getting the malty. You are getting the maltiness in it as you drink it. Yeah, you're right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the, the color is definitely uh, kind of an orangish red. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes kind of nice with it, too. And that, that kind of belies there's a lot of malt in it. And that was going to be my next question is that I'm assuming that that malt and the excess, well, maybe not excessive, but the significant amount of malts is also what lends it to its color. Um, true. True. Um, many of the malts have a, that you're trying to get that malt forward flavor with you add a little bit more uh, roasted malts to them. And some of that roastiness gives that color. Gotcha. But you can add tons of malt and not have that flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking of, like, you know, my dad worked at Coors his entire career, and I just remember, like, George Killian's Irish Red and those type of things that came into play. So Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it it's good. I'm, you know, it's not one that I would normally order. It's not something that I would normally just go, hey, I definitely need another Red. Um, but from a, just from a tasting and kind of a review standpoint, it's... It's good. I don't know, Chad. What do you think? <laughs> Doc and I have been rambling back and forth for a while, no, on, that's and right. I just yeah. had to clear my throat just a little bit there too. Well done, Let sir. Me clear my throat. <laughs> um, I like the maltiness. The hops are messing with my head a little bit. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's making me think more pale, more IPA than red. But then the ma- the malts come in and. Which makes you think, or makes you wonder, did they mean it's an ale that is red, or did they mean it's an Irish red style ale? 
Oh, that's true. And if they just mean it's an ale that's red, all bets are off the table. Yes. And it can taste like this and be perfect. Um, that might be the havoc that's being wreaked. Right. Is the, the hops just kind of, well, let's throw those in there. and Yeah, and I, I love the hop aroma and flavor. Um, there's Like I said, the, the bittering is very, very light. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a red color. It is. And it is a red ale. It's not the Irish-style red that I might expect from the name. But that doesn't mean that I'm thinking about it um, in the wrong way. I mean, yeah. I think what what they probably meant is it's an ale, it's red, and it's uh, we're going to re- uh, wreak havoc on your idea of what a red <laughs> what ale, a should red ale should be. And uh, that could be it as they well. did a great job. <laughs> it almost smells a little woody. Mm-hmm. Piney. Piney. Is that the hops? Yes. Yeah, that's a little bit of the hop aroma. But I'm getting a little bit of piney and maybe a little citrus. I'm sitting here looking at the artwork on the can and, you know, the... Negative part that I'm going to say is that on the back, we talk about the alcohol content and the ounces. You got to go with something other than silver on silver there because really <laughs> literally read. cannot read anything there. <laughs> but the rest of it's kind of interesting. It's got this gigantic rhinoceros with all these different animals that are kind of running around it, including, you know, a snake wrapped around its leg, a lion that seems to be like hanging on for dear life, but has also got his fangs like sunk into the back of the rhinoceros. And then the most interesting part about it appears to be either an, an ibu or a ibex or a gazelle with a bell around its neck. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> right. like, there's some nuances there that they added into this artwork that probably have a meaning some way, somehow, or maybe not. It's just really creative, but it's, um, it's a fun thing to look at and you keep seeing different things. The more you look at the label. So I don't. Yeah, they all have a look of panic in their eyes as well. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> now I know that Bootstrap is known for um, uh, suggesting a particular uh, song. I was just looking mm. to listen to, and uh, so you you have the answer here. I have the answer. Mm. So, um, all right, Micah, pay attention. Here we go. We need our producer here. <laughs> this is a gluten reduced beer. Cool. Um, and the music they suggest is Riders on the Storm oh. by The Doors, Rock You Like a Hurricane, Little Scorpions, and Thunderstruck by ACDC. ACDC. Not bad. Okay. So they always suggest uh, music with the, each of their beers. And, and believe it or not, I think they're spot on most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, I agree. I, I and I'm like, always, that's pretty cool. One of my favorite parts about Bootstrap is that they that they do that. And it's... You know, a lot of breweries will do food pairings yep. mm-hmm. or food suggestions, and um, but I like the music suggestion. It's just something a little different. It makes them stand out, and it's fun. And because most of the time, you're not just sort of sitting there not listening to anything. Right. right. And it's kind of nice if you can go, oh, okay, I'm going to play some Thunderstruck right now. Yep. <laughs> and just <laughs> bring up the and wreak havoc on me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Definitely a unique ad. Yeah, I kind of yeah. um, the beer is also a little hazy, which I I kind of like that too. Um, yeah, and that could be from all the hops that, that have been added to it. And uh, 
it doesn't finish dry and it doesn't linger too much, although the hops are what's replacing the beer in the my beer. mouth as, mm-hmm. I, as I swallow. So when I'm I'm done, I'm like, oh, um, I want to taste that again because I didn't I missed the beer taste yeah. <laughs> uh, because I got the hop flavor. So I, I think that the drinkability on this one is up there because I it makes so. you want to try it again. Mm-hmm. And for being a an eight and a half percent beer, that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> so do do be careful if you go out and try this one. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get our final score and uh, final thoughts, and we'll wrap up another edition of Brew Talk. Stick around. Welcome back to Brew Talk, as the eardrums are going. <laughs> Final thoughts, gentlemen, on the wreak havoc boots from Bootstrap. For me, um, I really enjoyed the nose. The, the nose on that beer is very, very, very hop forward, in your face yeah. kind of hops. Yeah. And um, if you're thinking Imperial Red Ale, and, and for some reason you're thinking an Imperial Irish Red, you've got the wrong idea. Yeah, um, and as long as you realize that uh, that this is an imperial red, maybe IPA. Yeah, I think um, I think you'll love it as much as me. the The maltiness for me is kind of smooth, and oh, yeah, I agree. And uh, a- after you can get the, those hops past you and past your palate, the maltiness really jumps forward, and yeah, and it the beer starts to become very very drinkable. But that's dangerous, yes. because it is an imperial. It is an eight and a half percent beer. I, I, this is my first imperial red, mm-hmm. so I didn't know what to expect. So, and, and there's not a whole lot of information on the can, so maybe it was meant to be an imperial red IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like hops. I enjoyed the hops. Uh, I like the maltiness. Um, I thought, I thought it was a good beer. Yeah, very West Coast style. Yeah kind of hop yeah i think one of the things you said in the last segment really hit me is that it's you know it's got so much hops that you're you're getting that on the front end and you're working through it and just like you said doc the malt on the back end is there because i'm not a huge hop fan and i haven't developed my palate enough to to like that the way a lot of other ipa lovers are that was a hard part for me to get over i was expecting more of a red you know, an Irish red in that regard. Mm-hmm. And because it was so hop forward, that was hard for me to get. And the nose definitely led you into what you were going to get. I just was having a hard time going, I can have one of them. I would enjoy it. It'd be fine. Um, but I wouldn't go back for a second one because I think just that hoppiness. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to give it away, but I guess I am <laughs> giving it away. That just, yeah, the, the hoppiness in that just doesn't sit well with what I would prefer to do. Over and over again. All right. With that said, let's let's get into it then. On one, two, three. There's my solo cup. Shocking. I got a growler, <laughs> and I got a growler, too. which makes it brew talk approved. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um. Well, and and you not being a hop person, and I think that's that definitely speaks to the kind of beer it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, the having a pint of it and going, hey, that was kind of an interesting beer is is a really good way to go about doing it, too, yeah. because um, you have to try. Sometimes, oh, yeah. um, and it's something that I've always said, too, is that sometimes the name belies what it really is. Right. And just because a brewer calls it one thing doesn't mean that that's what you're going to taste. So um, it's always good to have at least a pint and go, okay. Now I see what you're going for, and, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like that. That's kind of out there, or that's kind of true to the style you told me it was, or maybe it's not true to the style, but I still enjoy it. And so for me, I was thinking Irish Red, but once we got going into it for, from the nose onward, I was like, no, it's not an Irish yeah. Red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, it just happens to be red. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and my son had one the other day, and, and he doesn't like hops either. Um, and he had said, well, this is more hoppy than, than I thought. I'm like, well, maybe maybe there's some hops in there that – and he just, you know, he just really doesn't like hops. I didn't try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I see what he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, right. I, you know, I think anybody would automatically think an Irish red. Right. Um, just going into it. But That's the bad, bad news about calling it a red ale. Right. But then again, that's the havoc that's being wreaked. I get made. I know it, it, it all just co- sort of plays together, and especially if you're not listening to the Scorpions a, while you're doing it. Too. <laughs> not only is it not an Irish red, it's an imperial mm-hmm. hoppy red IPA IPA ish kind of yeah. beer. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good beer. Yeah, well done. Um, gold medal, I think, uh, well deserved. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's flawless as far as i can see i don't see anything in there that's out of place and the west coast style hops on it really uh, you know that's you're you're hitting me if we're going to go hop forward we're going west coast for me yeah i'm a traditionalist that way so i don't care for the juicy but uh mm, it's pretty good quite a contrast from the beer we're drinking now yes (laughs) the honey wheat yeah Yeah, we're uh, trying the honey wheat from thunderhead brewing yeah (laughs) they could they could not be more different no well they could be but not by much so difference of uh you know where your what your audience is too yeah here along the front range your audience is hop forward Mm -hmm. for the most part you know there's a lot of hop forward uh, fans out there yeah yeah nebraska not so much not so much yeah but uh you know, you try. Sure. No. And, you know, I think your comment earlier about it could be, you know, maybe a red IPA. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a better descriptor of this beer. Right. Yeah. But you don't see a lot of red IPAs anymore. So is You that, don't. Is that maybe a marketing mm. ploy to... Oh, to get rid know? of the word IPA yeah. because it might scare it people away. It might scare away. people away. You know, that is a that is true, you know. Um, we have a beer on tap at Rule 105 that uh, is a session-style IPA. Mm-hmm. But when you get into what a session-style IPA needs to be, the hop is pretty subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking about we shouldn't have named it an IPA. <laughs> we should have taken the IPA off and just called it a pale ale. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it scares people. Yeah. So once you taste it, I it's mean, fine. Scott's one of them. You know, I don't like IPAs. <clears throat> Yeah. Now, I will say I have had on this show, thanks to the show, several great IPAs that I've really enjoyed. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm against all IPAs. It's just I know the more hop forward it is, probably the less I'm going to like it. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I think there's a lot of those people out there. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So, hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's been another great edition of Brew Talk here on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Uh, we tried a lot of beers from Nebraska. We had a surprisingly interesting Imperial Red from Re- uh, Bootstrap Brewing called Wreak Havoc. Uh, stick around. Next week is Halloween. We're going to try some Mountain Dew alcohol pops. We'll see you then.